Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fundamentalist Podcast. My name is Ellie Morgan. I'm here with Dr. Peter Rollins. This is a podcast where we talk about the possibility of life before death. Um, I like talking in a southern accent. It's nice. Here, by the way, we left the clapping on the video. Did you notice that? Really? Yeah, last week or the week before or whatever. I like it. Yeah, I think, I think it's good. good. But it's behind the scenes. People, you know, they imagine this is a very expensive studio. Yeah, and that there's people million, in here. Yeah. They yeah. Do, they, we've got someone else who does the clapping, but we don't. It it's, adds it's to our... Our authenticity. Yeah. It makes us raw and real. Um, Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I hope you've been enjoying our most recent episodes on socialism as well as fascism. Um, But today... Mm -hmm. That subject is very close to your heart. A subject that is very close to my heart. Something, yeah. Something I know about firsthand. Something that people have said to you many times over your life. Daily. Yeah. Ignorance, guys. We're talking about ignorance and we're talking about the positive sides of it as well as maybe the negative sides, if there even are any. <laughs> um, and uh, this was my week to come up with a topic to discuss. My uh, initial thought was to talk about just the pros of ignorance, just being like, all right, because I'm on the heels of, I would say, a, w- a few days at least of just not looking at the news. Yeah, I'm remaining ignorant, so to speak, and it's been a lovely time. Um, it feels wonderful to be like disengaged and it is a nice reminder of how you can just be like, oh, you can just turn these things off. You can just look the other way sometimes and you can not worry about it. But that can also lead to a certain sense in my experience of feeling a little guilty and a little out of the loop. Um, it's almost like if I, I have to know what terrible things are happening so that I can feel bad about it. Cause if I don't know, then I don't feel bad. And if I don't feel bad, that's bad. Although it sounds like you believe the news. I think the news mostly makes you more ignorant. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I think it's a good thing to unplug, uh, and then maybe re- as you're doing, reading a lot of Kind Are you saying you don't trust the news to be <laughs> transparent and yeah. objective? Crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess. Do you feel like the news is, before we dive into ignorance, because do you feel like the news is generally, what percentage do you think you can really, I truly am curious, because I'm at like a 60, 50 to 60%. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, news uh, stations now, I I would, just to put some, just to guesstimate figures, I would say 20% of what you see on a news channel is the reporting of facts and 80% is the yeah. giving of opinion. And for me, it should be the other way around. As in, I want to read something that is 80% giving me facts about a situation, just on all of the facts, as many as you can know. And then I don't mind if at the very end, the, the author says, and here's my reading of the situation, here's what I think. Because either I can not read that or I can just, you know, I can. Yeah. But Toss the it, newspaper out. For me, because of the way uh, advertising works um, and the way news stations have to garner, uh, you know, clicks and, and eyeballs, this move to kind of 80% interpretation of the news, but it's still called a news channel. That's yeah. what's weird. So it's not a news channel. It's an interpretation channel. Isn't that crazy? And uh, so I try to like to go to the t- sources that mostly just give me the information. <sighs> it's too much work, man, because then you got to read all the facts and then you have to just decide based on the facts like yeah. what you think about something. Yes, well, you have, have to do the interpretation yourself. Yes, right. <laughs> Other, you know, do you chew your own food or get someone else to chew it exactly. for you? Exactly. Chew it for me and put it in my yeah. mouth. <laughs> Mastication. Mastication. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like is that we, I think so much so that people don't even think it like this anymore. Like people, I don't know how many people watch, for example, a politician's speech compared to how many people watch the interpretation of the speech by their yeah. particular news station. Whereas I'm like, if, I'm, if I want to listen to a, what a politician thinks, I, I just watch it myself and then make that decision myself. But you trust that what the politician is saying is what they Well, think. no, I trust that that's what they're saying yeah. and then I can interpret through whatever, their actions, whatever. but it's like, I just do want to hear the three minute yeah. bits and then six people who are not, experts because they have to see but this is a big thing we're going to talk about today the, here we go the, yeah he's on um, fire already because <laughs> have you heard of the dunning-kruger effect yes i have oh, yeah. oh by the way what did you think of my mat my new mat your gangster's paradise yeah mat? yeah yeah i went to the wrong floor to get to pete's place and it the uh <laughs> pete's on a, a way high floor everybody yeah. up here on his high floor but uh it was a mat that said "Gangsta's Paradise," and I thought it was definitely yours. And do thing, I might get, I might that might be your uh, Christmas present. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like that. Um, 
Yeah, so, but you, because what I like to do is I'll watch what the politician says, so Mm -hmm. to speak, or I'll watch the speaker of the whatever. And then in my mind, and I don't think this is any better, I'll try to be like, I'll try to form my opinion in a way that I think the news anchor is going to form their opinion. Like, I'll be like, if I'm watching it, like, this person's going to, this, you know, the liberal, you know, MSNBC will say this. And then fi- it's a little fun game. To oh, yeah, that's interesting the, to go, the right, what would CNN, MSNBC, mm-hmm. and Fox Which, News? Yeah, ABC, why I think the, uh, Fox News has been such a joy for me for, I mean, a long time, but Fox News specifically this year with... Um, them kind of pushing back on Trump a little bit, which you got to wonder how much that's actually them and how much that's just like make him seem, you know, like they're doing that when actually they're not. But the news stories that have trickled down and the um, the interviews that have happened with Trump and everything have been very, very enjoyable be- when he gets like kind of pegged a little bit, but from Fox News, it's all wonderful because yeah. it's like, it, you know, home field advantage or whatever. But uh, anyway, so ignorance, you have thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. You have thoughts? I don't want to hear a word about it. Okay, well, yeah, (laughs) listen, you lead the show. Um, There's a Calvin Hobbes uh, comic called, called, uh, where Calvin says, uh, Hobbes asks him what ignorant means, and Calvin says, I don't know, and I don't care to find out. It's very funny. Calvin (laughs) Hobbes is the greatest uh, of all time. But, um, yeah, I have such an affinity. The the phrase is ignorance is bliss, right? And so you kind of go through the phases, I guess, of bliss where you're like, which is where I'm at, where I'm like, oh, I don't have to know any of this. I don't have to allow this into my brain to get all upset and worked up and just feel like that's doing something. Like there's a weird cathartic uh, thing when I will watch news programs where I just get so angry and then nothing happens. Nothing changes. I don't do anything about what's going on. And then I'm like, and then I get over it, yeah. but I feel better because I got mad. Yeah, and you, you're so you're primarily talking about ignorance is in terms of like political events. That's your primary interest is current events. Current yeah, events. but you're thinking ignorance like as a oh yeah, as just a whole, ignorance which, as in a lack of um, yeah. Because I think I was thinking of like there's three types of ignorance that I was you know off the top of my head, but um, three that you could think of. Thank you, three that I could think of. <laughs> uh, ign- regular ignorance of not knowing something. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, already love it. Yeah. (laughs) Willful ignorance, which is, uh, which is much more interesting is where we weirdly, um, refuse to know something and refuse to kind of, we close our ears to something. That's the interesting one for sure. And then that one, like, uh, yeah, that's, that'll probably be the good one. And then learned ignorance, which is kind of, um, the ignorance that comes from deep study and deep reflection. So Socrates is, I know nothing, you know, or, or Thomas Aquinas who at the end of his life, said he knew nothing yeah. in comparison to his experience at mass. The problem so. with, um, the pro- what is it? The problem with uh, people is that wise people are so uh, quiet oh, and yeah. fools so sure of themselves or something like that's that. That's right, yeah. And that's, that's that the Dunning-Kruger effect. William Blake, I think? Or, yeah. What is that? Yes, yeah, so the Dunning-Kruger effect. So for the sake of people listening or watching, is it's funny because I don't, you know, the, most of these silly um Kind of pseudoscientific studies are kind of, you know, they're interesting, whatever, but the Dunning-Kruger one's actually very good. And it's a a study that shows that the less someone knows about something, the more they think that they know, (laughs) the more sure they are. And so, and the more someone knows about something, the more humble they are about it. And so the Dunning-Kruger effect creates this really annoying thing. And I see on news shows, that's why I don't watch them, but of people who don't really know what they're talking about, and they don't even know that they don't know what they're talking about. They really about. seem so, to believe it. Yeah, so the, so the ignorance is, uh, is, is the, so there's an ignorance that manifests itself as knowledge, and that's kind of um, reaction formation. So the more, the more or less someone knows about something, they've, they've seen some infographics on Instagram, they think they know about a complex socioeconomic <laughs> That's what issue. you call your 20s. Yeah, yeah, or with 10s. Uh, and the... So, but that, and that's an ignorant that manif- ignorance that manifests itself as knowledge. And on the other side, there's the knowledge that manifests itself as ignorance. Oh, let's talk you, about that. Yeah. Like when you talk to someone who really is an expert in a field, it's beautiful sometimes because they are so aware also of what they don't know. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's one of my favorite things, uh, period, about life. I like yeah. that when you, I like, and I think it's such a good like litmus test to put in your pocket 
when you recognize that people who know a lot about things tend to have a certain humility about what they know and yeah. people who are just like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, that's a pretty good indicator. It's, it is such a, it's so simple and I feel like it's so oversimplified, but it's true like 99% yeah. of the time when you talk to someone who's like this, 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 and, this, and I'm guilty of it because I'll just be like, I'll see my little frame and I'll be like, this is what it is right now. But my frame will move and I'll be like, now it's this thing. So I got you yeah. know, shiny new object syndrome. And I think a good example of this is like people watching sports on their TV who, who think that they're professional coaches and know what the team should do. When yeah. I would guess if you're a professional coach, you're sitting there going, my goodness, this is incredibly complex. I'm giving 60 hours of my week to strategy for trying to figure out how best these players should should position yeah. themselves. And and then someone who literally watches a game a couple hours every week with their friends over drinks. They know. They they know that I know what that person should do. Yep. Throw yeah. it over there. You got to go along with the thing. And then, yeah, and then uh, they'll name plays. Yeah. That's and a fun one. This is the worst. See on YouTube, what, what, one of the most frustrating things for me with some of the public intellectuals is that they're very good at one field. So there's an area of expertise they have in one area. And then they get popular and then they start to think that they can talk with expertise about mm -hmm. other areas like philosophy or physics or biology. And, and uh, there's a few that I know that, um, as, and as soon as they speak outside of their area of expertise, they start to look like idiots. The wheels they fall off. Yeah, but they don't know it. They yeah. don't know how bad they look. And the sad thing is the people watching them don't know. Because So I'm thinking of one person who... They're, they're, you know, they're very good at, at an area of clinical psychology, but if they talk about moral philosophy or something like that, or there's like, who's that guy? Jordan who, Peterson. Well, there was, I was thinking of him as well, but um, <laughs> that guy. Say, it, say it's Jordan Peterson. It's Jordan Peterson, isn't it? Yeah, that was, that was a good guy. That's one of those guys I was thinking of. Because mm, so like, uh, also, I, go, I don't even know what the hell Jordan Peterson stands for, but I do know that I'll 100% agree with him a certain percent of the time, and then out of nowhere, I'll be like, <laughs> what do you... What? Yeah. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> I know. And there's that guy who wrote the the uh, the more it was. Um, oh, I even read it years ago. Steve. He's a he's a neuroscientist. Um, he's massive. Green. No. I'm thinking of Brian Green. I'm thinking of uh, the Elegant Universe. No, you'd know this guy. He wrote the, I think it was called the Moral Maze or the Moral. He wrote basically. He's he's a neuroscientist, and then he went into moral philosophy and wrote mm -hmm. a book on moral philosophy, having not read any. <laughs> so, yeah. But anybody who listens to him would have read that book and gone, "Oh, this is quite interesting." Yeah, you know the um the first time I've ever seen that kind of thing happen, where a person's area of expertise was separate from what they were actually writing about, was when I learned about the hydroplane theory or hydroplate theory of young earth creationism which is a whole book about how the flood literally happened thousands of years ago and you had a of, busy week yeah yeah exactly. i've been very busy <laughs> been really diving into some studies um and i remember as a kid look like reading the 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 biography of the author and it said he was an engineer and in my mind, I was like, I will actually know who that is because I used to read that stuff. Really? Wonder, Me too. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah clearly. I, I, had it. I remember it because I knew, I can't remember his name, but I remember someone who was an engineer. Their, their area of expertise was in engineering. Mm -hmm. And then they were talking about. And then they were like, the earth started biology. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. And I really, because I, yeah, I think I may have seen the guy like speak in person. And I still at the time believed in young earth creationism because yeah. obviously we just got here. Clearly yeah. this shit hasn't been around for a while. Uh, but I remember being like, something's off about the fact that he just, how do you know, how do you know so much about this thing? But you wrote a book about that thing. But I wonder if something happens to your brain when you're learning one thing so much that kind of tricks your brain chemistry into thinking that everything else that you've learned, even if yes. it's very basic, you somehow are like, this is I, I have a yeah. thorough understanding. Yeah. You know what I've learned recently? I don't know jack shit about anything. <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> you know, if I'm being honest, with you, I don't think I know anything. And I, I don't mean that as a trick. So people are like, he says that because he really knows. Because you're a Socrates, lot. I know right. nothing. Oh my gosh. No, I actually <laughs> no, I can confirm. I'm pretty he sure I'm knows an idiot. <laughs> nothing. Listen, I don't get it. Uh yeah, um, so that's the kind of. But good you, you know what? You've got a great character of of someone who knows everything. See, when you do the fast talking, mm -hmm. you come across very smart. You fool a lot of people. I know, you know? right? <laughs> I've done. I've fooled so many people. That's good. Not enough, but yeah. um, yeah. So learned 
ignorance is the cool one. That's like yeah. a sig- sign of wisdom, right? Yeah, yeah. You could say, and then, and also, I think a sign of like a virtuous kind of yeah. humility. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, to be, the weird thing is about the universe is, so there's there's two dimensions. There, there's one is the more you know, weirdly, the more you also perceive what's unknown, and then the second level is where you realize that the unknown is intertwined within the known. So that's where you get into mathematics, like the kind of incompleteness theorem or in in quantum mechanics, uh, quantum uh, duality. So you kind of like... get it. Yeah. So the more you get into the subject, the more... It's not even, it's not even, it's not, as you say, it's not fake humility. It's not, oh, I know nothing. It's like literally you're like, oh my goodness. I used to think a table was just a table. And now I look at it and it's mostly empty space. Yeah. And it's these kind of like uh, these atoms. And then in the atoms, these subatomic particles and they're, mm-hmm. they're bouncing in and out of existence. And, and so you're kind of going like quarks. I, yeah. Quarks. Quarks are another one. Quarks. Sub, oh, yeah. Subatomic oh, yeah. particles. I mean, crazy stuff. So where are they? Uh, Wherever you want them to be. Wherever they are when you look at them. Different. That's different it. when you look at them. So when I look at crazy. that, like I, I know that's a table and I know you know it's a table because I'm so ignorant of right. actually the properties of the table. If you knew anything about this table, Pete, you would understand that it's closer and closer and closer you get to this table, the table disappears. All right. There's I've space gone very between close every to atom. Yeah. There's space between, it's all made of vapor, it's all air, and therefore we are one with everything. And that there's an interconnectedness. And look, I know about this stuff. Yeah. There's this a great is, documentary. Well, it's really old and I'm sure it's dated, but Philip Glass did the did the soundtrack to it and it was all about quantum mechanics two people walking around i forget what it's called but if you type in anyone who's watching this philip glass quantum mechanics you'll find it really but it's probably 30 years old now so it's probably rubbish yeah speaking of brian green i mean i tried listening i tried listening to the elegant universe which is a really cool book that explains you know kind of string theory and all that stuff but man what a dumb move what a waste of an audible credit to be like oh, is that right? let yeah, me listen yeah. to quantum physics on the car and yeah, be there's, like there's a hegel's phenomenology of spirits on audible and i downloaded it and that's just like like who it's can insane. listen to hegel or this guy on i'm <laughs> driving down la yeah let me make something very clear here there is so much in like academic writing where it's like that kind of stuff, Hegel, Hegel and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It feels like um, almost trollish and yeah. how dense it is. It's like, it feels almost you don't need that many in high, in high little it gives you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, the sentences can be shorter. There's a way oh, yeah. to make it shorter while you're explaining whatever, you know, anyway. Well, he, Hegel would write whole pages without uh, full stops. That's not okay. You know, it's not okay. He should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's ridiculous. No, it's know? very bad. Uh, I, I've been very frustrated with my, uh, I got uh, kind of, uh, I smoked a little marijuana the other night, Peter. Uh, first time for everything. I was like, ooh, no, let's try. You're, you know, you're a man. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't even have a, a hair of shame about my the amount of marijuana. that I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. I think that's just, I think because I got accustomed to it in California and it's always been legal. Yeah, I think we talked about that. I just don't, I'm yeah. like, whatever. Um, but I did get maybe a little too, maybe a little too high. Yeah. And uh, I've been reading and my girlfriend and I were discussing. She was like, I don't understand archetypes. And me being like, so wise and intelligent like i'll take it from here i'll explain to you what mm-hmm. said. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it was like the worst it was the worst explanation of i think i ruined i think jung rolled over in his grave as i was uh, talking yeah. about it but it also was me realizing like i don't really know i don't really know what this is i'm excited yeah. to, to because yeah I'm, I'm biting my tongue because i I think he's wrong on this, I but know you I do. Bought, we'll do a whole episode on yeah, archetypes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out how wrong he is. For okay. sure. <laughs> but we can talk. Yeah, because yeah. it is a little like, uh, yeah, it makes it, it's too. I, we'll talk about it some other yeah. time when yeah, I have yeah, more yeah, to say yeah. on it. But anyway, um, it was that kind of thing where I was like, I know about this. I don't know how to explain it. And in trying to explain it, it is revealing how ignorant I am uh, on the subject, which yeah. was very funny. To yeah. me, but um, the second type of ignorance. Oh yes, this is the willful ignorance. This is interesting. This is the scary one. It's scary one. Yeah, he, something that Paul Tillich, the philosopher and theologian, funnily enough, said about fundamentalism, which is interesting. He says fundamentalism is not kind of ignorance 
right? So you're not a fundamentalist in any, either secular or sacred fundamentalist, if you simply think you're right, right? You haven't experienced the wider world. You just think you're right about the world. No, 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 because that's how we all start. You think you're right, you're, what your family teach you, you just accept. He says, fundamentalism starts whenever you encounter the, uh, the wider world and difference and different opinions and ideas. And at that stage, you've got two choices. You either go with that and you go, oh my goodness, I'm going to enter into, I maybe call it the toxicity of the world, right? The the, the pain the, in the ass of yeah, the world. Exactly. And and it's going to decenter me, disrupt me, put me into a discordant relationship with myself. Or Ooh. I'm going to close my ears Thank and you. I'm going to kind of like, you that know, one. shut myself down. And yes, go, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's when fundamentalism starts. He says, so it's not ignorance; it's repressed knowledge. It's it's a it's a refusal to know what you know. Repressed knowledge. Well, yeah, like you know in your heart of hearts that heart of hearts, which is a union. No, I don't know what it is. Mm. Uh, you know in your heart of hearts that you're um, you could break apart what you believe, yeah. but you safeguard it. You safeguard it, and and the, the evidence is often that you get all of these books that back up your position and you only hang out with people who right. think like you think. And it's not because you're so confident, it's because you lack so much confidence. And you're but scared we, a little yeah. bit, yeah, right? No, this is like, it, with, say with I eat meat, for example, right? What? I eat meat. Oh, I thought you said, I am me. And I was like, I okay. Yeah, right, I, know, real. I know, I thought it was a very, oh, what? Okay, here we go. <laughs> but no, I eat meat. And I, like many people, if I see um, some people on the street handing out flyers about how terrible the meat industry is, I might kind of avoid picking up one of the flyers, not because it's going to teach me something I don't know. Yeah, it's going to teach me something I know, but I do want to know exactly. that I yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, like or if if you've got a suspicion that your partner's cheating on you, your friend says your your partner's cheating on you, and you get angry. He Why? never do that. I never do that. Why are you getting angry? Why not be know. shocked or surprised? Because he's cheating. What's up? Because he's cheating. Because oh yeah, but why, are you, no, why but you, do you know that he's not cheating? Because he's cheating. <laughs> What's that from? Nothing. The, no. <laughs> I, well, actually, it's from Married at First Sight Australia. There's this oh, dude who's like, yeah, there you go. There's the most charismatic reality TV show character I've ever seen in my life. This dude and this girl, they're wonderful together. Got married at first sight. You get it, strange to get married. This dude is like a dog of a dude. Are like you he, promoting your other podcast? Right yes, now? I am. Oh. Pilot on who didn't see it. Uh, but it's uh, actually no, because we stopped watching the show because it was so scripted and bad, which takes a lot. A show's got to be good. Okay. Really yeah, bad. it's, it's got to be bad if you stop <laughs> it's watching like trash. <laughs> For me to As not someone watch who's been watching things like, what are the shows that you watch? They're the hilarious. Well, there's Married at First Sight of yeah. America. There's Love It or List at Canada. There's <laughs> actually, yeah. I watched a cha- I watched four episodes of the Challenger documentary yesterday, which is actually really good. All right. Okay. Uh, anyway. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so but yeah. This is, what um, was I saying? Oh, um, yes. Well, if you get angry with me. It's often because you might know what you don't want to know that you know, or if you don't look at your bank I statement, know. you know what your bank statement's going to say, but you don't want to know that you yeah. know. So this is called, so there's there's three basic ways to avoid knowledge, uh, repression, disavowal, and foreclosure. We come back to it. But ultimately, there are ways to avoid knowing what you know. Well, now, hold on. Okay. Okay. Repression. Repression. That's when you're, let me guess. Okay. Repression is when you're like, I know and I don't want to know, right? Repression is it's down there. It's it's so far down in me. I can't even years I've been ignoring it as a reality. It's bare. Is it really repression or is it suppression? That'd be suppression. Well, right? no, that repression is right. It's, the only thing is that you don't know. Like repression is weirdly, you've pushed it down so you don't even know that you don't know, but it comes out in some way. So yeah, so that's repression. You push it down, you hide. So like, like walking on the other side of the street when uh, you see the animal rights people or... And the funny thing is, the way it comes back is what's called the return of the repressed. So if, if you saw Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris recently, she said, you know, the Harris-Biden administration. That's kind of the repressed. We all know that it's a Harris-Biden administration. But it Wait, might, did she do that? Both her and Biden. Called it? it. Same, and the same press release. As a slip of the tongue? Slip of the tongue, and then corrected. She said... Uh, Why ha- is this not all over every... Oh no! Newspaper. Yeah, I know. That's I know. so. Oh, good, it was completely man. buried, but it happened. Both, both of them did it. Biden himself said in the Harris Biden administration, 
and then, and then uh, yeah, yeah, so it was a beautiful experience Are of repression. You, is anyone concerned about that? That's so. That's such a tell. Oh, it was, it was, it was hilarious. But, so when it's I right heard there. about it, I, I actually watched it because I heard about it, but like, I couldn't be true. And I only knew one of them had said it. And when I watched it, it was like, they both said it. So they both tried to recover. But 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 the funny thing is, we all know it's true, but we don't want to know that we know it's true. And that and so the return of the repressed is it always find the truth always finds a way to speak yeah. when you avoid speaking it. So Isn't that's that that's a type of repressed ignorance. Yeah, the truth is a real pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, People are always so telling funny the truth. That funny. they said yeah. that they said Harris. Did you hear that? That was very. Funny. No, I didn't. Uh, I mean, but that goes back to me being like, I'm not paying attention mm. to any of this. Well, fair dues, but yeah. oh man, I don't think it was covered in the in the mainstream. Yeah, there's been a few um, Freudian slips I've seen in the news cycle recently that are very, which we could do a whole. Yeah, episode on, but it would require us to like pay attention and yeah. write them down. But it, it when you, if you take Freudian slips, what parapraxis? Parapraxis, yeah. Yeah, if you take that stuff seriously, and you pay attention, it's a fun little game to be like, huh, okay, that's what it's, you think. I've found in my own brain when I'll do a little Freudian, be like, oh, oh yeah, okay. it's um, it's a uh, like the Freud says it was true. It's like people are always telling you the truth, even when they lie, and uh, that's. It, all you have to do is you watch the power praxis. You watch often when people are giving you advice, they're giving themselves advice, or the Freudian slip, or the dream, or the like. It's or the tapping of your finger. I mean, the truth is always mm -hmm. speaking. I love it. It's very cool. It's very cool. But yeah, so that's um, but repression. It, but that's back to ignoring the truth. So that's repression. Then what was the next one? Uh, the next one, which is neurotics. Neurotics repress. Like um, the next one is disavowal. What do you think that is? I mean, it sounds like you're taking, it sounds like you're disavowing the, um, I mean, you're just saying that you're wrong, whatever it is, right? You're just going, no, that's not correct. No, a weirdly, this okay. is a well, weird. Some, you swing and you miss sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> weirdly, disavowal is when you know, you, you know something, but act as if you don't. So. Ben Shapiro, sorry. What's that? <laughs> ben Shapiro. <laughs> You've come. Up, he's come up a few times. Dude, he's, really? he's my ultimate Freudian slip. All right. Uh, although, yeah. although the guy that we always bring up, and I said we have to do an episode on him, is that guy Be David Dan Bilzerian. Dan so I can't wait to that. Dan Bilzerian, <laughs> the Romulan. Yeah. yeah. No, he. Uh, both of them are. Um, ben Shapiro and that whole gang, that whole world is very like. You got to debate me. If you're serious about what you believe. You but yeah, but the problem me. is you're also an anti-Semite, so I can't work out whether you <laughs> do like. Ben Shapiro for that reason Dude, or for the anti-Semitism. I can't be an anti-Semite. I didn't learn what that was until I was like 26. And I was like, really? People? Okay. Uh, I was like, people in, in everywhere think that's still a thing? But um, we should get a debate going between Ben Shapiro and uh, Dan Bilzerian at some point. Then we remade. That's what yeah. America needs. Did you hear about, by the way, the, uh, the possible debate between Biden and Trump on uh, Joe Rogan? Yeah. It's not going to happen, obviously. Joe Rogan just uh, put it out there, and Trump said yes, but that's not going to happen. But anyway, but our version well, will well, be Ben Shapiro. And, yes, um, but I want to moderate it. Yes. Because I want to be like, I'm like, how in the world did I, I guess between the two of them, I would not be an unbiased, I would uh, not be a yeah. neutral figure. I'd be like, I'm on Dan's side. Yeah, you're just, oh, right, but you just want to get high with that guy. You just yeah. Want, you want to pedal lion. And walk around with these supermodels right. and get high. Not be an agent of destruction yeah. that uh, the other one is. But uh, no, I think they're both wonderful. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Um, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Disavowal. Disavowal. It is weirdly where, for example, you are talking passionately about the, the uh, consumption of oil and the environment while driving your SUV, right? It's where you simultaneously know something but completely refuse to know what you know so yeah. you engage so it's not like repression where you push it down it's like um uh it is that thing of sitting in starbucks with your paper cup talking about the horrors of uh environmental crisis or whatever yeah. so using my iphone to tweet about the injustices of like work labor and yeah. other countries that benefit america like being like how dare we da, 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 as i use the iphone that's it and irony is the is the kind of term because i the ironic gesture is you go to a 70s disco, you dress up in the 70s clothes, you dance to the 70s music while taking the piss out of the 70s music and taking the piss out of the 70s isn't clues. Isn't this dumb? Isn't this silly? Ha, ha, ha. I yeah. enjoy it. So irony allows you to fully participate in what you are disavowing. 
So that's kind of, that's basically disavows, which is a form of ignorance. It's a form of, um, it's a weird form of knowing something and yet completely refusing the knowledge of it. I'm really good at that. Mm. That's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it that was like, you know, you learn as much as you can and then you forget as much as you can. Like you learn it just to forget it. Oh, no, who said that? Really, uh, I don't know who said it. Yeah. I don't know if anyone said it, but yeah. I like Because you, you're very good at forgetting. What things, yes. I don't want to hear another word you're, about you're it. living out the truth of that no, statement. No, thank you. I learned yeah. it and I forgot. <laughs> There's something about you learn yeah. it and then you forget yeah. it. I don't know. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, it's all very fun. So that's the so there's disavow which is the perverse that's the perverse okay and now you're going to go to the psychotic the psychos i see the, uh, the yeah i mean by the way i'm just i just thought that this might be a productive linkage of those psychic structures with ignorance it might not work but I th- so far it's working <laughs> we'll see what happens yeah, see what happens and if you mess up i'm going to let you know because yeah. i definitely know what you're talking about um what is this what's the psychic oh foreclosure foreclosure is where, and this is the one that I'm going to interest see if it works. This is where Ooh, you... We're working through real-time thought processes here, folks. Yeah. This is never... These are dots that haven't been connected. It's a first draft that is yet to be peer-reviewed. Ah. But my goodness, if there couldn't be a little bit of diamond in the This rock, is history if you, being made. If yes, this is history <laughs> being made. Guys, this is an actual person who's saying this, so it's a pretty big deal. Uh, this man is big on Patreon. <laughs> Let's believe what he has to say. No, but for real. Um, it's nice to chat. It's yeah. been a silly. It's been a silly. And why is it the Patreon works for me? When I do, like, there's very few people who kind <laughs> I of. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to know. I know why it is. That's willful ignorance. I like. I feel like I'm the cat in a cartoon over the cliff with the legs going. If I look down and try and work it out, I'm going to fall. No, so don't just, do that. That's yeah. no, no one wants to. If I was a patron of yours, which thank God I never yeah. would be, but like <laughs> if I was one, the last thing I would want is for you to be like, "How do I make a better Patreon?" You're doing yeah. a great job Without of asking remaining that ignorant. Yes, I honestly <laughs> think that that's the best plan. I no don't want to try and work it. It'll out. be cringy as hell if you're like, "I can." I figured out if I do more of this or more of that. No yeah. one wants that. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing gaming. Maybe I play. Yeah. Don't do this. This is a separate conversation. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like gaming too. You you said, by the way, I mean, maybe in the future we might even have a fundamentalist Patreon. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Okay, that's going. I think it's you the don't way want to be homeless. We, we don't want to be homeless. <laughs> Neither of us wants it that. Yeah. I don't want to be homeless. But you know, you must pass through the eye of the. You know, you have to go into the dark abyss. So if I have to be no, um, I. Oh, you know. Also, by the way, sacrifice is needed to bring meaning to life. So people will get more out of this if they sacrifice to it. So if you, for example, want to give us all your money, that will make what we say yeah. more meaningful to you. Yeah. yeah, we're thinking about doing a Patreon for the podcast because I think for one, we want to do bigger and better things with it, live events uh-huh. safely, of course, and uh, do something that is really cool and different that can be a community for people. And some of you guys have responded to that, which is very sweet of you and thank you. But man, it's such a, um, I don't know, it's such a scary, it's a little bit of a scary undertaking. But at the yeah. same time, yeah, we need to, to, to boost this and get it going. And I think we can make it better but i don't know it's we've so been, hard we've to think weekly about for so ages perfect. man we've been weekly for ages that's good ages, yeah, yeah we're doing great yeah. um foreclosure slide. foreclosure what's yeah. that about okay so foreclosure so right repression you, you right repression is when you learn something or you're about to learn something like something's being let in mm-hmm. and you kind of close yourself down to it right it's the drake meme of going who haven't seen that one um, yeah, there's two pictures. It's Drake going like, mm-hmm, and there's Drake going like that. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's Drake kind going, of, no thank you yeah. about that thing. So you've got it, and then you're kind of mm-hmm. low thank you, and you're pushing it down. And then disavowal is kind of similar because you you know something but refuse to know what you know. And then, but here, foreclosure is where you don't even let it in. You literally don't even... So it's not, it doesn't even get in, into you. It's like you've shut down, you've put a wall up that, that prevents you from having any experience. So you don't have to repress, you don't have to disavow, you literally will not even let it, it knowledge come to you. So what a I, dream. I mean, if that's not the ultimate like sage of ignorance, just the like, no, no. I uh, mm. I shan't accept new information. Yeah, <laughs> I will no no no. Whatever yeah. you have to say, I will not have it. And the way that works then is it, that's the one that looks like that's the tyranny of certainty. That's the person who knows 
that, for example, there's a Jewish conspiracy or knows that pedophiles are running the government right. or knows that there's lots of, I won't say the ones that actually lots of people believe, um, but <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get in trouble. But there's lots of things that people know for sure about our society, about what's going on. Right. And they're tyrannized by certainty, i.e. they can't even open themselves up to the possibility that they might be wrong. That's kind of a type of foreclosure. It's not even that they they suspect they might be wrong or they fear they might be wrong. It's the tyranny of certainty. That 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 is a very very deep form of ignorance. What's going on there? Why is it that people tie themselves to the idea of being right about things when the idea of being wrong about when being wrong is what teaches you things? That's yeah. kind of sad. Oh, I have a theory Let's on talk this. About that. I have yeah. a theory on this. Right. This is what I was thinking about. This Some morning. people are dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Like yeah, it. you read you read my article. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so here's here's the theory. It might sound a bit grandiose, but um, basically there is a there is a fantasy that I think is predominant today, which is a fantasy of privatization. So we and the idea is very basic level. We are individuals who come into the world and are gradually socialized by the world, and we would like to kind of remove ourselves from the world of the social too. So, so the more money you have, the more private you can be. Hell yeah. yeah right. The more you can get rid of, you can have gated communities, Ugh. you can get rid of all of that. Get, it, get them yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this fantasy that where pleasure is, is in privatization, is Hell in yeah. not encountering the toxicity of the other. Ugh. Now, I think this is a... I don't even want to experience the goodness of the other. Yeah, yeah. And get I, the whole other away from me. I know. I feel, <laughs> like, I, you feel it in your body, don't you? I feel it. Like, and I, I don't even think this... I think this is a fantasy that's completely wrong. And, and yet mm-hmm. I try to, as I get older, protect myself from yes. the other. Because, Especially, I mean, in that... In literally... I mean, this is a kind of slightly separate conversation, but in the current climate that <clears> we're in... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I want. I want everyone. I don't want anybody. Yeah. I'm. I treat now the, these days. I treat social interaction the same way I treat literally like food. I'm like, if I start starving, yeah. If I get really hungry, I'll like eat or hang out. I like you. Thank you. That's it. It's funny because I think <laughs> of you, right? You're a popular guy. You're a nice guy. You know a lot of people. You've, you've, you've done like every, um, I think of you and I'm sure a lot of people think of you as like, you must be hanging out with a lot of people. You're going out of time. You know, a lot of people, but you're as reclusive as I am. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess it's, is it reclusive? I mean, or not reclusive. Yeah. What would be the word? I always wish I love so many people and I love seeing them and I love hanging out with them. I genuinely like love quality time with human beings and I love them and I love people. Once a year. Oh, yeah. And then I'm out. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I'm always like, if people are like, come hang out. Of course I'm down to hang out. Like, I'll be, if you invite me, I'll come have a great time. But goodness gracious, uh, yeah. if it didn't happen, I'd be totally fine. <laughs> I know. And, and I think that this is the logic of the, of the contemporary subject is that even when we're, because I'm like you, like I love people. I enjoy people. In fact, in my, in my working life, I used to love going around and speaking because you'd end up meeting wonderful people. And yet there's this thing within me that as I'm able to remove myself more, that I kind of seem to want to. And this, the, here's the issue. Here's the theory. All right. Right. So first yes. of all, that's a wrong notion of human subjects. <clears throat> we are not individuals who are gradually socialized. We are socialized and becoming an individual and comes later. Right. Yeah. So that's, and then that means we're fundamentally social creatures. And it also means that the enjoyment of life is in the toxicity of the other. The, where life becomes most interesting is precisely in healthy back and forths and conflicts and obstacles and all of that. But the fantasy we have is the opposite. And the reason why this is connected to ignorance is ignorance is privatization. It's like, I'm just interested in my own little world. Because as soon as you want to get knowledge, you have to enter into the world, say the world of biology, the world of physics, the world of philosophy, the world of politics. Mm-hmm. You're going to get challenged, not because because the world of knowledge just challenges you inherently, mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna find barriers and obstacles. And I think we have this idea that barriers and obstacles are bad, and that we want to avoid them. 
And I think we need to change our mentality to the idea that actually not knowing boundaries, barriers, the frustration of having to learn and never, never going to, you're never going to get there. You're never going to know enough is actually where the enjoyment is. That's not the frustration. Like someone looks at a book and goes, I'm never going to read Hegel because I'll never understand Hegel. I'm 40 years old. I'm, I'm just starting. There's no point. <clears throat> the difference is if you can change your mentality and go, oh my God, I'll never know Hegel. And that's what's so fun about it. The fun is in the, is in the constant failure. The failure is what generates the satisfaction. Know your enemy too. It's like, yeah, learn it so you can... <laughs> you said Hegel's the enemy? No, it's just a yeah. know your enemy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think you you everything that you don't know can be considered your enemy because yeah, you're yeah. like, I don't want to know anything about this. So it's like, yeah. well, if I don't want to know anything about it, if I don't agree with it, at least know yeah. what you don't agree with, which kind of, I think, harkens back to our socialism episode yeah. where it's like, at least it's like at least ex- at least talk about the thing that you have decided that you don't like yeah, before yeah. you just outright uh, dismiss it. But, um, that's what I want for us, and I think hopefully is that mm-hmm. is it, can we in our own tiny little way have a podcast where people don't feel people feel excited about learning something they might not know or thinking about something they might not agree with, and it's not about agreement or disagreement. It's just about creating a podcast where our listeners enjoy enjoy the challenge. Can I give an example from today? I, I have to tell you this, this is crazy. Yeah. I went to my first ever, right, first ever workout class. Today? Today, right. Man, dude, you've been sitting on a lot of gold yeah. today. So like seven o'clock in the morning, I got on my really oh, rubbish kind of stuff and I went downstairs. Oh my God. Kimberly was the person. You, huh? that. you put on a whole thing. What I did you put on? on? I, had I wish you were in the outfit right now. <laughs> I I, know. I, know. I'm so, I was thinking when I was doing this, I'm so glad there's no recording devices for this, right? Yeah. And I did my first ever class, and this is a boot camp, so it's supposedly easy. Oh, man. Like, I a thought, boot camp, so it's supposedly easy? Well, is boot camp kind of, I suppose, no. maybe, no. Oh, no. No, well, there are not, there is very, there are very few words, I think, that you could say that make me think that is difficult than, than boot, boot camp. camp. Okay, well, okay, well, thank goodness, because I swear to God, man, uh, after the work, the warm up, they did. Uh-huh. They no, did a, absolutely not. You're they did dead. a ten minute did you warm throw up. I, w- I, w- I no, yeah. How did yeah. you know? I didn't. I throw up all I, the time. I, when I felt. Work out. Do you all the time? Because I felt like I was going to throw up. I had to like go. You could have thrown sit up. Down. Oh yeah. yeah, if I'd done literally a minute more. Anymore. And I was trying because <laughs> I have this willfulness where I was going like I, I'm going to go through all of this. And thank God. Kimberly looked at me and she went, <laughs> Kimberly looked at me. It's a Kimberly. I must have been bright Kimberly, red. Hey, um, old guy, like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like 15 years older than everybody's like, the old guy at the back, you can slow down if you want. Hey, guy whose workout clothes clearly haven't been used in like years. <laughs> yeah. And as soon did you as have your workout? That, did you have workout tennis I shoes? I did. I, okay, I bought somewhere. Like I got them in a, in a, in a outlet mall and, uh, so I kind of looked apart. So you almost threw up. And she, I almost Okay, threw yeah, up. I'll let you tell the story. I'm, I'm cutting Oh, no, 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 sorry. So she looks at me and she says, no, you know, can slow down if you want. So patronized and brilliantly <laughs> brilliant. It's like, oh, okay, thank you. Hey, you don't have to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. It was, by the way, a confrontation with my age. I still feel like I'm 20. And because I don't It was a confrontation myself, with your body, too. Yeah, I was like, oh, this will be easy. It, wa- it wasn't no. easy. It wasn't easy. So I had to sit down. And then I came back every 15 minutes. <laughs> you need to minutes. go over there, Pete. God. So I did. I ended up doing about <laughs> half because I would come out. I'd, lose, I'd just leave. And it's quite embarrassing in a class where everybody else, they're not even sweating. No. Nobody's sweating. Because they're in the rhythm. They're doing it all the time. You, you have, have to do that. I'm coughing up a lung here. And this is COVID day. So everyone's thinking that I'm like, I'm, I'm the fucking, what do you call her? Uh, typhoid Mary. Do you know who Typhoid Mary is? Or I think she, I've heard that before. She what was this that? Irish woman who had typhoid, but she was completely <laughs> unaffected by it. But she went from house to house as a cook and gave so many people typhoid. Dude, that uh, reminds me of uh, the... She knew it, by the way. Hmm? She, she knew she had typhoid. I thought she said she was mute. <laughs> that was good. good for her. No, that reminds me of Hippocrates, the Hippocratic Oath, the uh, father of medicine who ended up... That's right. Doing, Killing everybody. Creating bloodletting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. funny. Uh, uh, I mean, bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, sad for all the people who died from bloodletting. Yeah. Uh, Man, dude, that's so funny. So, okay. So, oh, yeah. So my my point in all of this is I was like literally felt I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And um, I, I'm going to start getting fitter. I'm going to start doing more. You, it's the best when you – I honestly believe the secret to exercise is you just have to accept that for like the first month, it is the worst experience. 
And then yeah. after that, I really think it gets better. Yeah. And then if you ever stop for even a second, day on a daily basis, if you ever just quit oh, yeah. doing it, then that's you're done forever. Another that's month it. you got to go yeah. through. Yeah. And I'm in that process where I'm having to go through the other month, and I'm like, <sighs> and then you get past that, it's the exercise is the best thing in the yeah. world. But my goodness, yeah. if it's not the pain, it's the worst. It's painful. It's painful. <laughs> in the beginning, it's yeah. the worst. And everyone says it's not, and they're yeah. lying. Exercise yeah. sucks in the. Uh, the but the thing world. that I'm going to try and do, and this is where it comes to ignorance, right? is I remember when I first started public speaking, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I swore I'd never do it again. I hated it. And then I realized all I had to do was realize that the audience actually- agrees. What's that? That your audience agreed. Yeah. Dumb, easy. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. mm -hmm. please stop. I, what I had to yeah. realize was that I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> no one else wants me. No. I was pretty rough. Um, but I realized that the, the pain, the fear, is actually what was making me feel alive. And so I just had to shift my perspective from this is the worst bit of it to actually this is the best bit of it. So sometimes if I'm public speaking and I have no fear, it's like, this is boring. How do I, so that, which is great. Then you have to push yourself. I'm sure as a comedian, it's similar as I kind of want to almost get yourself into an uncomfortable place and enjoy yes. the uncomfortable place. Yeah, I would say stand-up stopped being as fun for me when I didn't feel like I was even affected by doing poorly. When yeah. I did poorly and I was still like, man, I give, yeah. get, when it hurt, when, it, when yeah. I was like, oh my God, I really did screw up. But then at some point, something clicked and I was like, ah. and then it's like, if I'm not fearful of, of sucking, then I'm. I, I didn't feel like yeah. I was aiming as high for the. You don't aim as good. high. There's something. And there, who was that comedian? Some famous American comedians who then ended up doing crazy stuff like reading just uh, Shakespeare plays. Really? And, yeah, the crazy. But I think it was partly because they were just give me give me something. So what I'm trying to do with the exercise, and it's totally connected with what I was able to do with philosophy, because I came out of school with no qualifications, no interest in thinking, is that is that I realized that the obstacle. And the ignorance was actually the toxic, the kind of the barriers is where the fun is. Yeah, and, that's and, nice. Yeah, but my issue is I think for so many of us today, we're put off by the barrier. And that's why we don't want to go into knowledge because knowledge Pandora's will box. beat you up. It'll just beat you up. It really does. <clears throat> and it's so, it, you, you work so hard in life, I think, to have such a good like sound understanding of where you're at. Like, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. And you have this whole like idea of your persona and you're like, I am this person who is, a, I serve this like, philosophy in life. I believe in this. And then, yeah, when you start exploring stuff like that, you're threatening all of that. And you're yeah. being like, oh, well, if I end up being wrong, I have no value as a person rather than being like, oh, of course, of course you're wrong. Of course yeah. we're all wrong on all of this. And you this might is... lose friends. <clears throat> you might lose family members. Might... Like that's the other thing is like often, you know, it's not about, it's about we're tribal creatures and social creatures and the cost of yeah. thinking for you. But Hegel, there was a quote I saw on Instagram the other day, but, but it was a little quote from Hegel, but I really liked it. But he said, it was something to the extent of the desire you know, the first rule to being a thinker is to remove yourself from public opinion. And they'd be like, yeah, that kind of is it. It's like, you don't, don't be against public opinion. That's just as bad. Don't be for public opinion. Just somehow just find the enjoyment in the struggle of thinking. Yeah. And, and that's the first step to kind of like, you know, something um, I was more watching, enjoyable, I think. Or what? More and more satisfying. It's actually, yeah. I think knowledge is satisfying, but anyway, keep going. I know. It's when you get real... You know, that stuff, that the hunger and the, the, yeah, it's such a wonderful, it's wonderful. Mm. Learning stuff is wonderful. What's not wonderful is realizing, yeah, how, yeah. how, uh, Lily knew, but, um, I was, uh, watching that Challenger, um, oh, yeah. like as in the spaceship Challenger, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, which I didn't really know anything about. And it was really interesting. Was that by the way, was that the was that the one that blew up or was that the yeah. one that got on the moon? All right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um it blew up and it was it kind of is a like I think a four or five part series, but it went through kind of like, you know, a documentary about it. I'm kinda mm -hmm. I didn't know much about it besides the fact that like uh it happened. And yeah. then seeing kind of the what happens, first of all, there's multiple things that are fascinating about it. One is just like the psychological effect of multiple people looking at something explode at the same time and like the effect, the almost hysteria that yeah. happened and, and for good reason. I mean, it's a traumatic, awful, horrible tragedy um, that happened. But <clears throat> then in explaining it and kind of giving the background, 
I got the distinct impression from watching it that like NASA itself uh, has a very like uh, for better or worse a very uh, maybe necessary but a very blatant PR branch a very kind of obvious desire to look cool look good look whatever keep their image first and foremost pure they're pioneers of space and all that stuff but kind of the way they i don't know if it was intentional the way they kind of because jj abrams um produced kind of documentary and it had some kind of like the way they structured it i don't know if it was intentional but it gave me the impression that nasa which i've always i went to space camp and i was all like did you the, yeah i went to space camp wow. space academy i'm pretty cool and i had a rough childhood so you know that's what you do uh no it's like the most quintessential like uh doing okay as a kid thing but yeah, yeah. space camp ruled um but seeing this documentary and watching nasa i was like oh i was like huh i was like they too seem to have a sort of facade in front of them mm-hmm. and i was like i don't want to know anything about that i was like i want to just think that nasa is perfect. Yeah. And I want to think certain institutions are perfect and that they're the ones I can trust. They're the main instigators golly, of the round earth theory. What's that? Like they're the main, they create a lot of like they're fake huge into the round, the earth, round thing. earth thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, want so. everyone to think it's a round <clears throat> earth. And yeah. I well, get if it was round, we'd fall off. Why do we not fall off? Exactly. Yeah. So explain that. <laughs> um yeah, oh so. yeah, but what was the thing? White Challenger, or did you just about oh, NASA? Just a facade. Oh the, yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, the, 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 you don't want to know. I didn't yeah, want to know yeah, yeah, what yeah. NASA was up to. I didn't want to know about NASA. I don't want to know. Don't show me the ugly side of the institutions that I've grown to trust, because then what do I even have to believe in if I don't have these yeah. wonderful things? If I don't believe being the president of the United States is the most difficult, complex job in the world, which would demand someone's full attention. What is the presidency? Oh, it's just a job somebody has. That's yeah. crazy. It can't yeah. be. That. So it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of willful ignorance. Willful I guess. ignorance is very, there, there's a really interesting, beautiful. It's, it's old now, but <clears throat> debate between or not debate discussion between Slavoj Žižek and Julian Assange that happened many years ago. Whenever the WikiLeaks did a big drop on on data, yeah, and what Žižek said in that discussion, which is very interesting, he said what Julian Assange did. So there's one image of an American helicopter shooting civilians. And and what she's said, he said, we all know that this stuff happens, but we do want to know that we know. We want plausible deniability, right? So the most radical type of knowledge, he says, is not when you learn something you don't know. It's when you're confronted with what you know, but don't want to know that you know. And what Julian Assange did at that time was, you know, confronted us with what we knew, yeah. but we didn't want to know that we knew. No, thank you. So that yeah, that's so that's the rad, that's the most radical confrontation is with the not the knowledge that we don't know. That's fun, but with the knowledge that we've refused to know, which is um, happens all the time in our lives. Yeah, there's almost like a uh, there. Well, I don't know, almost. <clears throat> it sounds like a parallel between um, the kind of news cycle thing that happens with that, like where you don't want to know about tragedies or uh, corruption that would alter kind of your perception of things but it also sounds like just in day-to-day life how people tend to not say in conversations the thing that they believe everyone knows or the thing that they know everyone already knows so they go i I, oh they know that so i don't need to say that and it's like even on just an interpersonal level it seems like that's a little bit of a form of of ignorance you're going or or a little bit of form of um you don't you know it's uncomfortable for some reason to present someone with information that you know they know. And we have a beautiful saying for it. You know the saying for it? No. Elephant in the room. Yes, it, that's it, the best. Yeah, it's a very, very good saying. It's a very very intelligent saying. And also elephants rule. Yeah. <laughs> I love do, elephants. Yeah. yeah. But it's a beautiful saying because you go like, right, elephant in the room, we all know what it means, which is there's something obvious and we all know it, but we're all not saying it and ignoring it. And somehow so good that at was, it. I get an A yeah. plus on that. I'll... Yeah, I'll yeah. Bring the elephant in. The elephant can sit on me. Yeah. I don't know where it is. I'm not talking about it. Yeah. I'm keeping my mouth shut. So so here's an example. I know like some people I know, their son, my friend, actually, this is a long time ago, but he died. And the parents... Wait, wait, the son died? The son died. Killed killed in a a cliff accident. Yeah, it was kind of nasty when he was young. Um, And they, it was very, very painful. They kept the room as it was, his room as it was, for many, many years. And eventually they... Eventually, years later, they took the room apart. And when they took the room apart, the, the, the real mourning for the father, and once it happened, there was mourning, but somehow 
there was a, an, a, there was a knowledge, but there was also something that was helping them to avoid a full confrontation with the suffering. Mm-hmm. And then when the room was taken apart, so for example, if you break up with somebody, people can be fine until they see their partner with somebody else, and then they break down. They know you break up they, twice. Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of knowledge, and then there's knowing the knowledge, and it's a basic structure of human subjectivity. Uh, we sometimes have to protect ourselves from the full suffering yeah. of life. Yeah. You can sustain the fantasy yeah, that the person is just, ugh, they're just, they're so unhappy out there. And I bet they're so unhappy. They every, joined a monastery. Every they, day they, they, they joined a monastery. They're never going to fall in love. They're never going to touch another, never going to kissy kiss ever again. Yeah. And then yeah, you see on Instagram, or or yeah, or you know you you've got a you're waiting for a report from a doctor, and you kind of know there's something wrong, but yeah. as long as you don't open that letter, you kind of don't know your knowledge. Yeah, and you know what I do this with uh, parking tickets. Parking. Oh yeah, that's no, right. You do. Yeah, you're you and parking tickets is fascinating, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's an it app hasn't way changed. that helps. What is? There's an app now. So if you're parking down there, you LA pay with the app. LACity.gov. Beeps. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, and it beeps that's tells cool. you ten minutes before. You can refill up just from your phone. Really? Yeah, you should get that. Yeah, I'll get it. But that's it. Yeah. So you put the you put the parking ticket away. Don't look at it. And I'll get to it. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. I don't. I, there's something about parking tickets. Maybe it's like a. Have you ever gotten proper trouble about it? Yeah, I got. Uh, well, my uh, my girlfriend got pulled over in my my car the other day because I didn't paid some kind of shit that I should have paid. Oh. But I don't. It's it's um annoying. Yeah. So I don't do it. It's <laughs> yeah. very. It is a. It's truly a character uh, flaw. Yeah. I guess it is. It speaks to my badness as a person. But uh, also, I had an appointment at the DMV. The pandemic hit. I didn't go to the DMV, and it became a whole rigmarole. Except she got pulled over. In my car, very embarrassing. And he was like, hey, registrations, whatever. And I was like, oh, I meant to do it. You know, that classic thing. And they were like, uh, we're going to email you the problem. And he got, I had to get on the phone with him. And I was like, I truly was, I, ha- I can show you the appointment. I'm so sorry, sir. I, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Never heard anything. Oh, they let, yeah. I think yeah. they just, I think he just was like, okay. And, like, and I also think probably, yeah. Also, at the time, my girlfriend had her dog in the car at the same time, which is sort of like, you know, she the dog gets pretty upset when oh, cops show up or right, when a human or when show anybody up, shows up or from when what anyone, you say. Uh, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was very like, Mm-mm, "You're not going to give this a ticket today," so it all worked <laughs> out. But uh, yeah, yeah, turning a blind eye, letting things solve themselves yeah. is one thing. I mean, maybe that's just a little bit of you know laziness slash immaturity, but willful ignorance, being like, "I want nothing to do with what this is." because I'm going to stay right here, is to me, regardless of the fact that you're not learning new things, which is all what it is, but like, it's just a bummer. Like, yeah. it bums me out on an empathetic level to be like, you don't even want to learn a little bit how you're wrong. You're not even, you don't even want, like, in my mind, I'm like, find out where I'm wrong. Let's yeah. freaking, I mean, there's got to be a bit, let's, it's like the raptor in the cage in Jurassic Park, just looking at all the little, like trying all the different spots to see if there's any weak points. Like, why not do that? Yeah. Why do people not do that? But here's here's the thing, right? The 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 essence of psychoanalysis, like the essence of it, really, <clears throat> in one way, is it's not confronting with you. It's not. It never confronts you with what you don't know. It confronts you with what you know, but you don't know that you know. So when you're in, in therapy or analysis, <clears throat> sorry, what happened? The most radical knowledge, the most radical events is when you're confronted with something and you go, oh my God, I always knew that. I kind of avoided it. So in other words, there's something about it's us. recognition. Recognition. And the issue for me is we need art and we need what Soren Kierkegaard called it the art of indirect communication. Where if, so, if you want to help someone encounter the truth to overcome their ignorance, you have to do it indirectly. You Because all of us, protect ourselves from knowledge. We all do. Otherwise, psychoanalysis wouldn't exist because, as I say, analysis basically goes like, oh my goodness, you see in all these relationships and in your work and all of this stuff, this is what you do. And you go, yeah, I, I, I always knew it because I've done it. I've lived that life. I've been in every situation where that happened because it's me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know that I knew it. So I think that's why I'm very sympathetic to people. And like, no, we need care, art, time, to come to know what we know, mm-hmm. to kind of overcome our ignorance. Willful ignorance is something we all suffer from. And it's no, very difficult. 
to overcome. Was that? No, I don't. No, yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. Well, yeah. Uh, speaking of ignorance, if you yourself are an ignorant person, which I'm sure you're not, mm-hmm. um, I would encourage you to find out why and how and in what areas in which you are um, you are incorrect. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy a certain amount of ignorance if it comes to just turning the TV off and uh, not paying attention to things because it is bliss at the same time. And uh, I say, you know what I say? Whatever you know, that's enough. And you're right. And you don't even need to worry about it. That was, be- I feel a tear coming on. Right? That was beautiful. Fine. <laughs> that what you think? All right, cool. Yeah, very I good. love all the elephants in the room. All right. All right. Thank Bye, you. Bye-bye.